Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Payoneer, a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer. With its fast, flexible, secure, and low-cost solutions, businesses across the world can pay and get paid globally. Visit Payoneer.com now. Also by Unbounce, the leading platform for A-B testing made easy. With Unbounce, you don't need to be a developer to build high-converting landing pages, pop-ups, and sticky bars. HustleShare listeners get 20% off on their first three months after the free trial period. Visit bit.ly slash hustlebounce to learn more. The big lesson from this, right, is exactly this, is uh, like, this is possible. And there is nothing special about me. There's, there really is nothing. Like people who work around with me, they, they will tell you there's like nothing special about me. Anybody could have done this. I had some advantage because of experience, uh, but uh, you know we're going to see bigger and brighter exits from this country. I'm sure. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beipyong. Welcome to episode 38 of the Hustle Share podcast. My name is Ronster, and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by Payoneer, 
a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer, empowering businesses around the world to grow globally. But before we start, I'd like to remind you that this podcast is for adults only, so make sure that there are no kids around when you're listening to this. Because we are back! Welcome to the Season 2 of the Hustle Share Podcast. I miss you guys. And we've been waiting for this moment for the past couple weeks because we've been hustling as well to give you a bigger and better Hustle Share. And today we're about to begin the season with a bang because we have Ron Host, the founder and CEO of Coins PH. And today Ron is going to share so much. So like I always say, make sure that you're taking down notes because you're going to be learning so much from this episode. Like how he started as an entrepreneur by turning down a job offer fresh out of college. And he's also going to share the early mistakes he made and the lessons he learned from those experiences that led him to get his second startup acquired right away also he's gonna share what he did when he jumped to the other side of the fence to become a vc in the type of deals he made while he was an investor and then he's gonna share why he ended up in the philippines to create his next startup coins ph and most importantly he's gonna share what it takes to get your startup acquired and what it feels like on the other side after the acquisition and as a bonus he's gonna be sharing a lot of tips for all of us here like how to properly do fundraising, how to execute fast, and what are the traits of a successful entrepreneur based on his time being a venture capitalist. So if you're ready to begin season two and learn the hustle behind Coins PH, let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. I'm so excited we finally got him. And I can't think of a better guest to start this whole season other than this guy. Because he's Ron also. And Ron's kind of kind of rocket in the startup world. <laughs> Just kidding. But okay, um, we have someone that is very well respected. And again, congratulations for the big news several months back. I've been wanting to have you on the show. Mr. Ron Hose of Coins PH. Ron, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. All right, so Ron, um, real quick, uh, as I always do in the first 30 epi- 37 episodes of this, this show, what's your hustle? Um, yeah, so we started uh, CoinsPH five okay. years ago, a very simple mission, which is to uh, connect more Filipinos to financial services and uh, help existing FIs uh, connect with a demographic that they're uh, unable to serve today. Correct, so and you've done an amazing job doing this, this app and credit where credit is due because I remember... The first time I met you was was you're you're just also a an attendee on a conference where Bowie guy was talking. I didn't know who you were, but I know you were someone, right, and whatnot. But Ron, let's take a step back and and go the way all to the beginning of how you started your hustle, right? What's your first account of hustling that you can remember, and why why was that like uh, a big impact to what you're doing now? That's a good question. I mean, I I would probably say that you know more than a hustler, I'm a maker. You're a maker, right? Okay. So I've, I've always kind of like built stuff, uh, okay. uh, everything from like you know RC planes when I was a kid. Wow. To, uh, you know, I had a my first. I think my, my my first computer was when I was like you know maybe seven or eight years old. Wow. Uh, I was writing like uh, you know like basic programs. Okay. People who remember that with like little cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I think at like sixteen or seventeen, I, I mm-hmm. uh, it was just when the internet started booming. Um, Got it. 
I was kind of lucky, and I I, I, uh, um, I saw a post by uh, an entrepreneur who's like starting oh. his company, new engineers. Uh, I was in school. I was like, oh, let me apply. So I became like engineer number one. Oh, so um, you were a dev by default. I did not know this. Yeah, yeah I've always been kind of yeah. So I, I mean, the reason I've always liked computers because it. it's it's really like it's a medium to create stuff, and oh, it's actually wow. like an infinitely flexible medium, right? Got because it. you can really build almost anything. Correct, um, correct, and so. At the core, I've always been like product, you know, product, product guy. And, okay. and I kind of figured, okay, I have to, you know, I want to do something that creates value to society. Got it. And what I figured very early is that, um, you know, it's one thing to have great ideas, right? And it's one thing to like build great stuff. But what really matters is can you build it? And actually make it accessible to, to people, right? And people so would use it at scale. Exactly. Right. What, yeah. When you started as a dev, I mean, what were the key skills you acquired? Because you can't just create random stuff. I mean, I've seen this happen majority of the time where, you know, the, the famous saying, jack of all trades, master of none. Right. I'm pretty sure you figured out very early what you wanted to do from the get-go. What were those initial things that you hustled on that, I, that, 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 you, that uh, still you use today? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, so from building, like, early on, I mean, I think, you know, the internet was just, like, firing up. Right. Um, what year was this, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, <laughs> it was, like, I want to say, like... Early 2000s? No, 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 no. It was, like, 90s. mid-90s. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm wow. old, man. No, you don't. You don't look like, like you're, you're, old, you're old. But, dude, but I, 90s. I was, I was pretty young. Dot like, com boom. Yeah, dot, dot com boom. Even before, okay. if you remember, before the, before the internet kind of fired up, there okay. was this thing called BBSs, right? And What's so a BBS? It's like oh. a bulletin board system. So you'd connect ah. from your computer to a phone number. Oh, and somebody shoot. would run a system that you could connect and you can exchange messages there or download software. Or, okay, that's how it worked before. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you, you, the thing you use it most was to like download like bootleg games, right? Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Got um, it. So we were like, you know, like, uh, actually me and my cousin were heavy in the scene. Right, uh, right. And then we kind of figured, oh, this internet, I can connect, you know, I can connect to like a university. Got it. And I can connect to like a BBS in the US through this, through this, right? And then, yeah. of course, to connect to the university, you need to have a student account. So we were, right. you know, kind of, you know, beg and borrow to get student accounts. And ah. sometimes we would figure out other ways to get accounts so we, can, <laughs> so we can get on the internet. Okay. Um, so we, we really grew up in that kind of, you know, okay. very... You know, uh, uh, it was very different. Like, you know, like right. a lot of systems didn't have passwords on them. Like, you could wow. almost do anything that. And you the wanted. internet is not the, as the internet as we know now. It's just literally the, the foundations of what we we did. But okay. now, what with, with you being a dev, right? How did you put on that dev hat? Dev hat, thinking product, because that's what I always say. I've, I've had several devs here on the, on the on the show and in our quickies as well. That you know, what separates a good dev from a from a really good product maker, per se, is that you're not just obsessed with the code. You're obsessed with how people would use that. And what were those things that you first built? Yeah, so, you know, that's why I always say I'm not, like, religious, right? So, like, uh, 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 um, I really like technology, but I see technology as a tool to solve a problem, to do something, right? So, right. like, um, in college, we were building, we actually set up the first uh, drone lab at, uh, oh, at wow. Cornell. Uh, so we built, uh, you know, we... 
we at first we tried to build like these really big drones. It was really expensive. Um, we got funding from Microsoft. What? Uh, yeah, That's so we had crazy. to use we had to use wow. Microsoft software and like every like we we would fly the drones. And every this was Bill Gates, Microsoft. He was still the guy back then, yeah. right? And every twenty minutes, the, the the thing would go into garbage collection, and the, you know the, the plane would freeze <laughs> and crash. Right, so, right. Like so, we you know we we basically uh, moved that. You know, like move it to like lighter weight systems, create like this, like these wing designs. Okay. Um, right. So it's like we would always build something, right? And okay. then um, um, uh, I guess when I graduated, um, you know, I got a, um, so I was at Cornell, uh, which means a lot of yep. people from Cornell end up, you know, either investment banking or consulting. Oh, uh, really? Kind of I didn't know. Again, coming from a Filipino point of view, this is alien to me. I, I've heard about all these, these great schools, but. Cornell, you're you're always going to be ending up in in, in those type of uh, a, a lot of people end up shifting to those industries because Cornell is in New York and right. so, you know like the highest paying job would be of course Wall Street, Wall Street. Street. right correct um, so you know I, I graduated uh, I did my undergraduate graduate in computer okay. science machine learning and that type of stuff oh wow um, and then uh, um, I got a job offer with a consulting firm I signed. Um, and then what happened is they gave me like I think it was like two or three months between when I graduated and my start date. Wow! Um, <laughs> Shoot! And so, and it, which was a mistake because you know, two months I got bored, and uh, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? You were building. What did you build in those two to three months? Uh, a bunch of silly stuff, right? But but I learned a lot, right? So I, okay. like this is the first thing is like people are like you, you don't have to be too hard with yourself about like right. making sure everything works, right? Like okay. like you actually learn a lot by failing, and the, the most important thing I found is like. It's not about like succeeding and failing, but it's actually how you deal with failure, right? Because if you fail up, uh, right, if you're like, okay, and you keep running, you will just learn and then, you know, rebase yourself higher, right? So um, what do we do? That, that was like, so I graduated. Um, did was, you end up taking the job or you did something No, 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 no. So I called, I, I started, you know, I started, I was like, I started a company with my friend. We we're like, oh. we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna build this. Right, and I called him like two weeks before I started. I'm like, guys, sorry, I'm not gonna start. Uh, <laughs> and, you ditched um, him. You ghosted on him, right? Yeah, and I want to give you like a you know a really you know like everybody wants like a great success story, but right, the truth right. is like, of course, what we did was a complete failure. Right, uh, and I spent like the next probably year, year and a half barely making rent like living in new york wow. like you know doing consulting yeah, highest costs of living and whatnot yeah. and all, all my friends were like oh hey look we are making i don't know 60 yeah, yeah. All year, suits you know. and ties yeah. and fancy dinners wherever right? um right and i was like just struggling to actually like literally struggling to get rent like i would move apartments like every two months because i could only sublease because no one would rent an apartment for me properly right. uh yeah. But during those times, it's also they don't know it because you know. Well, from a from an outsider's point of view, I've seen this happen here in the Philippines too. That you know, straight out of college, people people will start making money. They flaunt it like ah, I'm going I'm gonna go to Barakay and whatnot. But those few that go to entrepreneurship, they have it bad. But those people that sacrifice early also reap the benefits down the road. What were those things that you learned? During that first failure, to first days of failure, first days of hustle, that till so, now we we we, we saw use so a, a lot of stuff. By the way, I mean that's I I hundred percent agree with that. I think that you know the problem with a job and especially a high paying job right. is really hard to break out once you have that. Yes, and take that and it risk fucks and with your ego too. At the same time, it's really really bad, right? right. And, but you're never gonna like you're never gonna have that kind of you know moonshot trajectory, right? Correct. You so uh, in you know working in a startup, you know. 
being a founder or actually an employee in a startup, you have so much more room to like unleash your creativity. Correct. Um, but yeah, like so, like we, we tried actually a bunch of different businesses, um, and so one of them I'll give you an example. One actually took off and oh, crashed, oh, wow. and which I learned a lot from. Okay. Uh, so um, this was uh, uh, early eBay days, okay. not early actually mid mid eBay days, like okay. two thousand and something, right? Peter Thiel um, and the eBay mafia, whatever. Yeah, and PayPal and, mafia. And, right. eBay was a massive platform for like buying and selling stuff. Right. Um, right. And um, at that time, I think iPods, like the first Apple devices, were really big. Really, so, so early two thousands, right? Yeah, and so what we figured is actually like there's a huge variation in like the price of products sell on eBay because people ah. auction stuff and like you know some people don't know how to list their stuff properly, yeah. right? C to C, this is C to C, yeah. right? Right. Um, so uh, I wrote uh, a scraper basically that would like oh. run off of every single eBay auction in specific categories, like figure out what the price, the average price for Got products it. in that category was. Snipe which is basically like auction and bid at right. the last moment on every item that closed below wow. a certain threshold. Wow. Right. And then we would just immediately release it. Uh, Resell sell it. it. Yeah, but we had a, an account that already had like, you know, uh, good ratings and reputation and okay. we had optimized the listing. Uh, right, right. You know, the, the, but they didn't know that you yeah. had that secret at the back that you were... Yeah, so we would, wow. we would basically buy 10% under, sell 10% over. Oh my right, God. over 20, average, yeah. right? Which is, which is, you know, which is this and so twenty percent margin. Absolutely right? correct. And basically, uh, you know, this actually took off like really fast because. And what were the items like? I mean, what's the average price of, of, of items that you were buying? So basically, electronics that are ah, very commoditized, right? right? So you right. know you're going to move them quickly. And right. actually, at some point, we started selling them before we even bought them because we knew you know we're going to get it. We knew we were going to get it, and right. then when we, as soon as you bought it, we just put the address of the buyer. That right. is amazing. So, <laughs> for, you know, so I, would, wow. I, I would buy one and I already have the address, so it never actually yeah. touched us. What, right? what, what did you call this startup? Um, right? We didn't even have a name for this. Right? Um, so <laughs> it's called Run. This was a hustle, right? right? Oh yeah. So, yeah. Um, but you know, like imagine like iPods are like you know, or you know, it's just like iPhones, right? Like four or five hundred dollars right, a right. pop, right? But at volume, at volume, that's exactly. Add up. You're doing, you know, you're doing like a hundred of these a day, right? Or fifty of these <laughs> in a day. Yeah, like we we scaled up across like a bunch of different categories. Right. Like product categories. We were doing you know five digit numbers per day. Uh, which no way! For a bunch of recent college grads, it's actually like a pretty good deal, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? And you right. know, every five hundred dollars, it goes fifty dollars revenue, right? Uh, fifty right. to hundred dollars revenue in, per in, day per in, item in profit, actually. Yeah, in profit because yeah. there's That's no clean. we had no expenses, no shipping, nothing. It all went directly. Just the scraper side. doing its job. Yeah, the, my goodness, that's amazing. Yeah, the the problem the problem <laughs> was that uh, we'd settle all the payments through PayPal, uh, uh, and they flagged you. People flagged us. They're like, "Oh, yeah. the volume is going up very quickly." They're like, right. "Show us receipts because we were actually and like where are you buying the inventory from?" Got and it. of course, we couldn't show that because we're you know. Uh, I remember this even until the late, like just a few years back, during the last few days of, of party file. Same thing happened to me. It took me six months to get my money, and I was running out of runway already. Holy shit, that was the worst thing. Yeah, so, it's the worst thing that can happen. So like customers are upset because you're not delivering, they give you negative reviews, right. and so you would get like one PayPal account shut down, we'd have a friend set up another one, <laughs> you know, like kind of stuff that you're not supposed to be doing, but we did. Right. Um, and then I learned, you know, one of my first lessons, right? Like one, never build a company in someone else's backyard uh, because that company mm. was completely dependent on eBay and PayPal, right? Yeah. That, that business, right? And two, in general, like, you know, when you build a business, um, you want to build for something that can really scale and last long. This was, you know, an arbitrage opportunity. So it's like, look, you could build it, and it would make, you know, it would make you like, 
you know, probably a few million dollars, right, over a certain period of time. But then eventually it will get, you know, it will close out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, that was a great learning experience. Uh, we made a little bit of money, but more than that, you know, the, fir- the next company, I, 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 you know, the next idea that we right. iterated on, we've kind of incorporated that, that learning. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's steamroll. It's, it's not really, and pe- what, here's what people don't understand. that Okay, whether you fail or succeed, it's not from zero anymore. Because you take along a lot of the experiences and the learnings you did. Same thing I did with chat with chatbot page from Partyfile. I, I I did the whole probably the whole Hall of Fame of of fuck ups that you can do on Partyfile. Twelve months later, after I put in chatbot ph, luckily again, this luck has a lot to go with this too. I I, I sold the company. There's a lot of luck, right? And then that's why. And today, what I want to also share share in, in this episode is how to be on the other side. When you acquire, you get acquired. But after this run, after this first thing, what was you? I'm looking at your LinkedIn. You launched Talkbox, and you sold this too. You got this is the one that you got acquired from, right? This was acquired, yes. right? So, what was Talkbox, and how did you apply the learnings from from the startup X that you guys did? Yeah. So first, I mean, the first realization was like, you know, we need to look at like things that are big, things that can serve everybody, that can scale up, you know, rather like initial. That's product. the mindset already. Yeah, and yeah. not be dependent on any, you know. Yeah any other single player like not have like one company that can kill you because if they can kill you they will right even right. either they'll kill you by mistake or you know when you get really yeah. big they'll want a share of your you know of your revenue correct um, so um, um, you know the talk box we started actually was you know so uh, you know uh, 2005 2006 7 I think YouTube mm-hmm. was like really taking off right yes and, um, it was kind of amazing to see that, that you know that video revolution right like mm-hmm. something we didn't actually see before and then we figured, hey, if this is working one way, uh, shouldn't this work also two ways? Yes. Right? Um, and um, at that time, Apple was uh, started putting uh, webcams into their laptops, oh. uh, but no one else did, right? So went around right. pitching this, and people were like, oh, this won't work because people don't have webcams. Who's going to buy one? But right. like our thesis was, look, if Apple is putting it in, everybody's going to have it in. Uh, yes. So we made a little bit of a, of a bet and a gamble. That's you back have- when Apple was still the visionary. They're not, they're not the, the, you know, rest in peace, Steve Jobs. I hope you can reincarnate some way, but good. Back uh, then, everything that Apple really popped them was really innovative. It's not just a, okay, we have a 5%, whatever, that, that's like what they're, they're Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, it was really groundbreaking, right? Right. So this is, uh, you know, just pre the first iPhone. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, um, we built a prototype, like, very quickly. That's another thing we learned, you know, is don't spend a lot of time uh, on... Over-engineering. Over-engineering and building stuff before you actually have, like, any form of validation, right? And validation True. can be from customers, it can be from, you know, investors, etc. Right. So we, we built this. Uh, we actually pitched it to one of the YouTube founders. And, oh, yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, Which and, one? Uh, Javed Karim. Wow. Oh, my God. Um, uh, and this was pre-Google acquisition, right? This is the old, the old YouTube. That was, I think, just post. Uh, ah, okay. So post, they, they, yeah. they were liquid. They were, they were on the high at, at this point. Okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, Javed and then two other uh, investors, uh, um, and they liked it, right? They were like, oh, this looks like a good idea. And yeah. I, you know, I'd actually basically... 
got on a plane, you know, flew out to California, uh, wow. put myself in a motel uh, with my co-founder right. at the time for like, I don't know, like it worked for like a month or two months. I, you know, even didn't go back home. I took like literally a single bag. Wow. Um, and, you know, we started kind of like developing the prototype into nice. a product and then we got some customer traction and TechCrunch wrote about us. And Boom, that's it. When you got TechCrunch, that's also validation right there because this is not just a whatever little cute blog it's fucking tech run they know their shit for, for, for you to be featured there now um before we take a break last question what did you do right in talk box that you think uh i said you said i have all these learnings but there must have been something right was it also there's, timing or whatnot what are those factors do you think that there's, uh, there's a lot of different things i mean okay. timing is really important Okay. Um, I think team was great. Uh, actually, not just the team inside the company. The team inside the company was great, uh, okay. but also around us. Like we had really great investors who mm. support us, and actually, you know, kind of, you know, I got a lot of my entrepreneur education uh, from uh, from those guys. Mm. Uh, I didn't, you know, maybe didn't realize it all as it was playing out, but like definitely after the fact, you realize, wow, I really, you know, I really, you know, learned so much. Right. Um, so I think the first thing is the people. Like we had really, really great people in the company and around us. Right. Um, the second one is we addressed a real problem. Uh, like something was actually painful. And I think um, one, one of our early investors uh, um, you know, called it out. And I remember like we were sitting and I said, look, here's the thing. So long as you give people something you know, that's easier, uh, you know, easier, faster, cheaper, right? right. Uh, the market's cannot resist change. So easier, faster, cheaper. It exactly. has to be all three combined, or is it just a mix of both? Um, I usually, I mean, one at least, right? So, like, okay. you know, sometimes if you, you get three. That's a jackpot, right there. Yeah, I mean, so different companies focus on, you know, like for example, like you know, Xiaomi cheaper, right? Mm. Uh, uh, right. So there's, uh, there's easier there's, for I don't know, Canva, yeah. right? Yeah. Whatever. Got yeah. it. So there's, you know, Apple probably better, right? Uh, Before. <laughs> Not now. Right. Um, but I think that's, that, that was actually crucial is, okay. you know, is building something that was, that was, uh, 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 that, that sold problem for a lot of people because at okay. the time there weren't actually any video communication platforms. Uh, the only thing you would have, even Skype didn't have video back then. Got it. Uh, so things like video chatting software you had, you have to like install Drivers, you'd have to right. do kind of you know yeah, configure the whole stuff. thing, the whole gamut before, and we just push it all in a browser so that Correct. you it just worked. So. All right, now let's talk about the next step that you did. But before that, let's take a break. So let's talk about the the next hustle of Ron Hose after Talkbox. More after the break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. 
Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. It's still, again, our season premiere for season two. And I'm real learning. The first 20 minutes of this, I mean, for almost, was, was gold already. And we're just going to get way, way better as we go. So, Ron, after TalkBox, were you liquid? Were, what, what the exit? Was it a complete acquisition? Did you stay for a bit and whatnot? And um, what was that, that experience like being a first time on Earth, that, um, that first time to be acquired? How was the feeling like? Because I kind of felt like that. And it was so weird. And when I first got acquired, like, because I'm so used to chasing something. And now all of a sudden, people call me, hey, you're a finisher, blah, blah, I didn't want to get that into my head because at the end of the day, it really didn't change much. I mean, you're liquid a little bit much, but your lifestyle probably will take a, a little bit of a difference. But the, the mindset is like, oh, what's next? That's what happened to me. What happened to you? Sure. I mean, so when I actually I left Coin, I, I, sorry, I left uh, Talkbox before the acquisition. Ah, um, okay. Right, uh, and I, I ended up uh, joining or starting uh, being a founding partner at a, at a venture fund called Innovation Endeavors. Oh, so we went um, to, from startup founder to become an investor. Okay. Yes. Um, so when when Talkbox went through the acquisition, like I actually learned one important thing. Uh, okay. A lot of a lot of entrepreneurs need to know, which is uh, liquidation preferences. Liquidation <laughs> preferences. Okay. What is which what does when that you're fundraising, mean? The, the thing you really need to remember is whatever you raise you actually have to pay back um, yes right um, and um, that means that you can actually have an exit um, but if you didn't structure your cap table properly you might not you know it might be a big exit but you might not actually come out with that much capital same uh, yeah, that's the same thing that happened to me and people's like um, hey Ron you sold this like dude do you have you look at your cap table you follow that the same way if you're you're giving out dividends whatever you have left is what you get now, there's two, two types of shares, right? There's common shares, and if you have preferred shares, the preferred shares always get first dibs. Was it the same way for you guys, or what um, was the difference? So it was, yeah, it was very similar to, for us. I think you know, the, the big lesson I learned, I actually applied it into coins, okay. uh, was really making sure that you know, the, the common share class is properly protected, that you know, yes. employees actually have, you know, uh, like, you know. Ease up. Yeah, have you yeah. saw up like a right. lot of different, you know, like and, and there's the the the, the, the uh, um, yeah, there's kind of room, right? You know, the that uh, there's room for the people who are working to actually correct uh, to own a piece of what they're working on, right? Yes. Um, but um, yeah, so the the you know, I made a little bit of money from from uh, Talkbox. Right. Uh, I didn't come out like blank. In right. um, the the most important thing for, for me in that, and the people who know me know, I don't really care too much about money. Um, mm. You know, just doesn't. You know, I, I live a very relatively simple life. Right. Uh, but um, it gave me freedom. 
right? It was enough yes. that I knew that, look, I don't have to work, you know, like, you know, like, yeah, you can, if I live off of like a modest, you know, a modest amount of spend, I can actually pursue my ideas. And Correct. that actually, the thing, that is the thing that I actually value the most. Like I value the, the ability to actually pursue Pursue whatever things. you want exactly yeah. right like if i want to figure out how to clean the oceans for the next five years you know i have the you know the time to and nobody's going to stop you because you're you're in control of your end destiny and you have some resources to pursue that exactly so that was the biggest value right uh, yes. and a little bit of validation right um but you know the, the thing is you learn a lot as an entrepreneur but you a lot of times you don't realize it until after the fact right so i, I yeah. so always hindsight 2020 yeah, right. like from Talkbox, I, I kind of went on the you know on the investor side. And okay, that how was, has that changed? How did you how do you become an entrepreneur and now become a VC? Because I've, we've had the hustle of a VC here through Michael Lintz of Golden Gate. Yeah. He showed kind of give us an idea of what they look for. How is that transition like? And is that a normal transition for people who've exited or finished per se? I think it depends on the individual. Some people, you know, I've seen people go back to corporate. I've seen people, um, oh. um, you know, go to VC. I've seen people go and start another company. Okay. Um, for me, it just actually kind of happened. It was, it wasn't okay. really, you know, I, I wasn't actually sticking it out. Like my, uh, my friend at the time was working uh, basically directly for uh, Eric Schmidt in his uh, family oh, office. Oh, wow. Um, and then, uh, um, you know, he called me up. I was like, oh, why don't we look at some investment opportunities? Right, right. Uh, and so we gathered a bunch of companies and we we're okay. kind of looking through and like, it just looks exciting. Right. And I think, you know, um, uh, um, Eric was kind of open enough that he gave, uh, you know, oh, wow. he gave my friend the, the leeway to kind of run right. with it. Right. Um, and it just happened. And like, um, I guess we kind of locked out because we made some good bets and then, mm. you know, we got more trust and therefore more capital and just right. like grew. And now, now the fund is like, you know, it's incredible. It's like one of the stronger right. funds in, in the Valley. Correct. Uh, with, you know, great investments like Uber and, you know, Planet yeah. Labs and Sophie and like, Dude, you know, that portfolio, uh, innovation endeavors, right? Absolutely. So it, no. it just it just it really happened by you know I, I wouldn't say by accident because you know people work really hard and particularly Dror who started the fund is you know it's basically you know it's it's it's, it's really you know uh, uh, you know he's done like an unbelievable job right uh, but you know I got lucky because I got that opportunity and right. you know it's people know is actually being an investor is really hard because correct uh, entrepreneur you can make a lot of mistakes yes. and you can correct them right. um, investor if you make your first investments if they're not good. You'll you're never fucked. recover. Yeah, <laughs> just like there's no right. Like it's just like because your reputation is forever into that. Like you wouldn't be able to get good companies. You wouldn't be able to get you know uh, good LPs, Correct. investors in your fund. So we, I, I think you know there was a certain amount of you know uh, uh, wisdom and a certain amount of luck. Right. Um, but um, uh, like it taught me a lot because what happened is as an entrepreneur you only see one business model, right? Whatever you're building. Right. Uh, and you're in it. So sometimes you yeah. you know, it's hard to get step out and get perspective. All of a sudden I went from like, you know, being in this one like small bubble to like seeing everything. Yeah, I'd see like right. literally in a week I would see like dozens of companies. And wow. That's you, an epiphany. It's like you you re read the Da Vinci code. Well, you, have, you, like, you just pick up patterns because you see what what right. people are doing that's effective, what's not effective, like My what goodness. habits they have, which entrepreneurs seem to be more successful and what you know what traits they have and okay. that was that was a good it was like a really good, uh, 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 um, just overall like learning experience for me. Phenomenal, right? So um, the only problem was that you know, like you know, like, like I said earlier in, in, in early in the conversation, okay. 
I'm a maker. Right. <laughs> so, so you, you, you really know? want to like, build shit. Yeah, no right. amount of like rationale on like right. you know, how well this will do or whatever it is like mattered mm-hmm. as much as like I want to be in the trenches and build shit. All okay. uh, right, that's the correct. But that's that's where the the, the method <laughs> draws you at the end of the day. Exactly. But before we so. <laughs> get to your next hustle per se, what's the science and art when you did investing? Because it's not just all luck and being surrounded by good people. A lot of this had to come with numbers. Right? What were those numbers like that were important for you without delving in too much? Right? The, the, the metrics that you guys look for in order for you to consider investing in a company. Yeah, you know, I was actually, it's funny, I was just like watching this other podcast okay. uh, of uh, New York, you know, New York, uh, 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 um, uh, 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 I think New York, uh, New, uh, NYU Stern, okay. uh, a professor of. of um, uh, who teaches like a class on valuations? Oh, okay. And he said, "Hey, the difference. What's the difference between like private equity and, and venture capital? Okay, it's like you know, in uh, private equity, you invest you know primarily in numbers, right? Right. Uh, you know, venture capital, you invest in story. Uh, so the truth is, most early stage investments, there's really not that much data. Uh, right. Right. It's just very early. So. I mean, yes, there's, you, you, you look at early KPIs and you kind of, you know, you want to dig and understand the trends. Right. But uh, predominantly, you're investing in people uh, mm-hmm. and their vision. Um, right. Um, and track record or whatever there is, or what it, it may be. Right. Track record is great because, you look, when you get burnt and make a lot of mistakes, you learn a lot of stuff. And the yes. next time you do it, you don't repeat them. So And you, you now have you the holy grail, right? Like, okay, you have the formula to, to, to go back out. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, I I, uh, I understand now, you know, the, the value of experience, right? But right. The thing is, you have to balance that because mm-hmm. experience is not everything. Like sometimes it's actually, look, you have to have like a certain amount of like reality distortion field as well, right? Like, you know, most great companies are built on something that other people are not seeing. Uh, yes. And if I knew a lot about financial services, I would probably not start a company in this space. Uh, because I would know all the problems, all the challenges, you know, right. compliance, right. security, you know, like, like there's... So many different things that when you look at it, you're like, oh, this is, you know, this doesn't make sense. Okay. Um, and that would actually inhibit you from, from trying. True. So I think you have to have that balance of, you know, like executional experience is valuable. Right. But then you have to be also dumb enough to, you know, to put your bets down on, her, <laughs> on something that <laughs> And be crazy enough to fucking do it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay, now run after the investment gig. I remember, yes, when in that Bowie talk, you were labeled as an investor. How the hell did you end up in the Philippines? And why were you here? And how did you decide, all right, this is where I'm going to do my shit. What are the factors? And how did you come up with the idea of coins? Yeah, I mean, so I've, you know, I've gone back and forth through my career and I've made, you know, angel investments in other companies. Right. And, you know, so um, yeah, I've done both. Like, okay. you know, worn both hats of entrepreneur and investor. Uh, I think actually being an entrepreneur uh, and suffering through all of it makes you a great investor because you can understand and be empathetic to founders mm-hmm. uh, and not just think, oh, why are you not driving the numbers? Right. Like you understand exactly the battles that they're yeah, fighting yeah. every day. You'll walk with, with um, them through yeah. the churches. But, um, yeah, I mean, so, look, the, the, so I was at IE and I kind of knew that I wanted to go back on the entrepreneurial side. Okay. Um, and I, mean, there's, I knew I wanted to build something big. Okay. Uh, and I knew I wanted to build something that had like, positive like, social impact. Yes. Right? Not just, I've always been kind of, you right. know, like, always knew that I wanted, like, actually my first idea when I was in college was like, oh, I'll build a big company, I'll make a lot of money. Right. And then I'll go and do some charity stuff with it. Ah. Right? That was like, right? <laughs> Philanthropist um, Ron Holmes. And, and then I realized, actually, no, like, the, the, like, you know, I might never actually make 
a lot of money. Right. Like, you know, because like, you know, like startup entrepreneurs, there's a certain amount of luck, right? Correct. Um, so I may never actually be financially successful. Right. And why wait? Like, I need to do now what I care about. Absolutely. Uh, right. Because that's the only way you can actually stay motivated when shit is hard is like by working on stuff that you there's a higher calling beyond the numbers beyond the you believe the, in the, the, the thing that you see on a daily basis exactly that's really really important like passion is really important like it's just right. like you know like if you have been through coins for the past five years and you've seen like the trials and tribulations we've right. gone inside like you know everything has happened you know every form yeah. of crisis and fire uh, and like if you don't really fundamentally like care and love what you're doing right uh, right uh, there's you just you won't survive that you would Correct. one day you'll be like okay forget it yeah. time to go home um, and so uh, that kind of drove me I was like I, I kind of realized hey I should not wait you know for to build something that's successful and then go and do something that you know has that mm. impact on the world so you want to do it uh, now I should just combine and okay. make sure that whatever business I'm building actually has that's real both. impact right um, and that's how I kind of you know, so I started kind of looking around and actually right. I mean the 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 truth is, I, I I took a vacation, a short vacation, it was supposed oh. to be like a two week vacation here, uh, to no to Thailand. I went. Oh, to Thailand. To, okay, uh, it's pretty close, right? Yeah, I went for a yoga retreat, and okay. then I kind of realized actually, you know, um, I can take more time. It's like nothing, like you know, that, that like forced me to go back. So I ended up, right. you know, spending like two and a half, almost three months in Indonesia, going, oh, you know, end to end, Indochini. Wow. Yeah, right. and then I start seeing all this stuff. Like, oh wait, you know, like. You know, like I'd go to really small villages, you know, like sleep in a mosque or in someone's like backyard, wow. like, you know, like in a hammock and there's, you know, no backpacking, running, right. yeah, no running electricity, you know, uh, or, you know, just a few hours a day, you know, water, you know, it's coming from a well, the, you know, the, wow. the equivalent of a Sari Sari store with like yep, very yep. few SKUs. Uh, but you know, like everybody kept like adding me on Facebook when I, you know, every time I, uh-huh. I leave somewhere, they like pull out their BlackBerry and like, oh, can we connect on Facebook? BlackBerry oh, wow. was very big in Indonesia for a while. Nice, nice. Um, and so I realized actually this is an addressable market. Like actually, like you can reach these customers, and it's a way of an inflection point. So I was like, okay. And that's kind of when it, you know, got fixed in my mind that uh, uh, that uh, um, everything kind of connects. Yeah, right? It's like yeah. okay, my knowledge in tech. Uh, wanting to work and stuff yeah. that improves people's lives. So you knew the, why the market right. transition here, mm-hmm. right? Like mobile is just going to change everything, right? Um, and so I never went back. Right? <laughs> uh, I was like, okay. look, let me just go market by market and meet. You know, like I just went like very thoroughly, like throughout okay. Southeast Asia. I met entrepreneurs, investors, right, right, um, and started looking at every market. And I was nice. like, look, I'm going to spend a week in every market, learning it. And Why the I, Philippines? What what draw what drew you here? I mean, there's a lot of better infrastructure in the Thailands and the Indonesia's where where a lot of unicorns have already sprung. But why here? Yeah, so it's really interesting because like I, I actually went and and ranked like every market. Oh, uh, okay. I, I, I did there like metrics. Go. I was like okay. very thorough, right? And like Philippines didn't rank number one on any metric. Really? Uh, any like you know, Indonesia was bigger market. Yeah. Uh, Myanmar was more kind of early, you know, open opportunity. Right. Um, there's, you know, where did we rank in, in your uh, matrix? So here's the thing: Philippines ranked high on all metrics, not the highest on any, but high on every single one of them. It's large uh, enough market, uh, right? Uh, so it wasn't a ten on any metric, right. but it was like consistently an eight or a nine. Um, like, uh, um, uh, you know, it's large, you know, it's large enough market to build a company yeah, for here. People, 
right? uh, English speaking, so you can build, yep. you know, like I can connect and, and build yep. culture into the company, and also uh, people absorb information, internet, you sure. know, from you know international publications, and mm-hmm. you can build a company facing out from here, like yep. to originally, uh, you know, high GDP growth, uh, young population, right. uh, lots of different kind of like things that that made it. And there was in, and there was a lot of room for like innovation in, in tech, right? Yes. Um, so, but the internet sucks. <laughs> uh, the internet sucks. Yeah, there's a bunch yeah. of you know there's challenges. There's challenges in every market, right? So, in right. um, the most important thing actually is like I was like when I went through the markets, like the one place where I actually felt like look, I'm gonna build something. I have to you know uh, I have to be committed and know that I'm gonna mm. enjoy living there. Mm-hmm. And Philippines was the one place I just immediately like felt at home. Nice. Uh, that was a big. That was actually a big deciding factor. Uh, I was awesome. like, look, um, it matters, uh, right? Um, and so yeah, so I was like, I'll spend a month in the Philippines. Okay. Uh, Is that the time where I met you as well in that Bowie talk? That was so around, that was crucial. Yeah, that was around right. that time, or maybe like right. that was like towards the end of that month, I think. Oh wow! But to be honest, like I spent like I think like I think like two weeks going around and you know startups and meetups and uh, you know got to know you know the guys at uh, Idea Space and right. the guys at Globe and. Um, like I already knew. I was like, okay, like this is it. This like I, yeah. it was like, there you know, it was just like so clear. And like you see the the speed of the economy is growing, nice. And and you know, at the same time, people are still kind of you know, uh, uh, lacking access to all these like very basic services, right? Yes. So they're not really enjoying the the full benefits of that economic growth. And you know, I, I still am a strong believer that you know that that mobile inter- and internet are right. kind of, you know, they're they're, they're you know. Uh, leveling the playing field in that right. sense, right? So yeah. So how so did the coins idea? idea <laughs> <laughs> how did the coins idea pop? Was it because crypto, the the Bitcoin boom was starting around 2012, 2013? Was it? I mean, 2014. Um, how did why, why coins? And you you said you, the the market was there, the the problem was there. Why a crypto app? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, so first. so I, I I spent a bunch of time studying the market, trying to figure out what opportunities are, and right. the one thing I knew is. I want to build something that helps everybody, right? It's it. kind of cuts across, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and we're, I was working with Runar, my co-founder. Yes, uh, Runar, right? And we're looking at all sorts of opportunities. And right. um, actually, we didn't even think about crypto at all. Oh, uh, it was okay. just kind of a side thing, you know, because um, it was, you know, it was at that time, I think it was like going, you know, between like $10 and $70 or something. Yeah, like, yeah. A coin or something. Like that. Boom, boom. Yeah, and it was right. like, you know, and... We're just kind of like, oh, this is cool, right? Um, and and it was very noisy. Here's one one uh, hustler we had on the show too, uh, John Bailon was even like, oh, you know what? We were very petty and stupid. We were trying to fight with Ronos early and whatnot. But look at you guys now. I mean, you guys are you got acquired. He's he's got funded and whatnot. So, but you guys were very very pivotal in pushing this community forward. Especially here in the Philippines. Yeah. So what happened is like you know we, we were playing around, right? And like just ourselves, like buying, selling, you know, those type of things. And then actually we didn't really think about this as a business. Ah. Uh, okay. At all. Um, and then I remember I actually went out. You know, it was Christmas, uh, and I went. Uh, um, uh, I went. Uh, uh, I went uh, to Bali surfing. Oh. Okay. Uh, and then it kind of connected. It was like, oh, this actually can be used for financial services ah. uh, and I knew how big of a pain it was with remittances and you know like right. because I was already at that point spent, that point spent probably like eight or nine months in the Philippines right and so I knew you know the pains that OFWs are going remitting money home yep. I knew it was hard to get loans that 
people are unbanked, like all those things, right? So yeah. that's when the dots kind of connected. And it was like, oh, this isn't just a, a, a you know, like a interesting as a speculative right. uh, piece, but actually this can be used for something greater. Got it. What so, were those challenges that you had? And, or, because you, you all know, right? I mean, it's, it's an open secret that the Philippines is probably one of the least uh, friendly in terms of setting up a business. What were those early challenges that you guys faced? And also, you're, you're dealing with a lot of third-party payments like the, you know, what a buy-in center, what all these, these things. They're all fragmented and siloed. Uh, fragmented and siloed. How did you jump over this and what are those early challenges you, 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 you overcome? Yeah, so the first thing I look when we started off was like early 2014, right? Yes. Uh, and actually no one knew anything about Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> yes. Nothing. Like we knew Same nothing from that what we were group doing. that you're in, Bitcoin PH. Yeah, it was like a tiny, tiny thing, right? right. Uh, this was before kind of like the massive rallies and the media uh-huh. and all uh-huh. this stuff, and right? The and then, right? And then Mount Gox happened, and so all the people knew about Bitcoin uh-huh. and blockchain was uh, Mount Gox. They literally right. thought it was the same thing, right? Bitcoin right. is Mount Gox, right? So it was an uphill, you know, like it was an uphill uh, right. uh, battle, right? Like mm-hmm. to get you know, uh, um, partners to rush. know what we're doing right. to like not worry about it or like a security, mm-hmm. like the, the, the trust, like those things actually took a long time uh, yeah. to get to get that first circle, right? And, Correct. you know, we had, you know, some people put their trust in us, right? And we started uh-huh. working with them uh, and we scaled from there and then we got more customers because the product was actually solving a problem, right? As soon as we started kind of like building the remittance products on top of chain, right. um, and then uh, um, we started building like other baseline financial services, we, we kept getting traction. Yes. Um, uh, from customers who are actually using us day to day, like to pay bills. How did or- you get the traction? Because again, um, there's always hurdles on the local uh, side. The government is going to be a hurdle. Then now the BSP back then wasn't the friendliest towards you guys, right? Especially in the crypto side, right? And then also, how do you get the traction from people who are like trying to jump ship? Why do they use it? Because I remember there was this one time my sister-in-law. <laughs> I was like, do you know someone from Cards Up? Yeah, I was trying to do it. And then I, you were so, here's how down to earth Ron Hose is. My angry sister-in-law was just so pissed because I think someone, ha- something happened. It's like, hey, Ron, can you help my sister-in-law? I, I know, I was just, it was a Hail Mary because I don't know if you're going to answer. And you did and you took care of her. And so now she always talks highly of you because they, 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 who, who is she? To, like, she's just a, this random person that you don't know and you took care of her. How did you build that to stuff and all the early stuff that you overcame? Yeah, so I think a lot of it has actually been in, in you know, how we, we deal with customers. And, you know, even now when we're, you know, much, much larger, right? It's right. a lot harder to maintain, but we try really hard, yes. uh, right? And, like, I still get, like, actually on the way here, I was answering a customer on Facebook. It was wow. like, I'm Facebook Messenger was sending me, you know, they're having an issue with their cash. Should out. have a chat bot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm upsetting you something. <laughs> but uh, um, it's not to say that I can always answer every, you yeah. know, everything that people send us and mm-hmm. that we always do a good job, but we try to do a really good job. So I think right. that that piece, like, actually being there and being attentive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're in the company, you know, like, you see the threads, like, on our internal Slack when right. there is, you know, when customers complain, like, we really take it seriously. So mm-hmm. we know we're not always going to be able to do the right job but we really always right. try to do it right mm-hmm. uh, that's in the core of the company so that's build trust you build trust with customers you build trust with partners um, but I always look at it like I, I think about this as like a, you know it's always like it's a lot like rock climbing yes uh, you you know um, especially when you're small and you're unknown 
mm-hmm. right? You reach for one thing that's like slightly higher, right? Right? It's like, oh, you managed to get this partnership, mm-hmm. right? And then you get a little bit more customers, right? Right? <laughs> They're using one, it once uh, because it's helpful. Rock at the same yeah, time. and then you're like, oh, then you reach for another slightly bigger partner because right. look, I have more customers, yeah. right? And then uh, just keep reaching. You just keep reaching. It's it's a slow. You know, people think that you just like turn it on and it just goes. No, 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 no. no. It's a grind. Uh, so that's that, that's we just we were grinding for five years. All right. Uh, Last question before we take another break. Team. Let's talk about team because I mean I mean now you have like a cheat sheet because aside from you be having that experience and now seeing all these things from being an investor, what are those things that you learn from that experience that you built? Because I've seen a lot of people fuck up on this one. Scaling prematurely. Now you have a big payroll. You have a high burn, and then you can't sustain. All of a sudden, they have to, you know, uh, scale down or lose everything. Like how I did. How did you scale this team? And were the key hires you had? Yeah. So you know, uh, again, I think people who work closely with me will know that you know, if I really care about something, right, right. I'm going to be like very strict on it. I, yeah. I don't compromise at all. Okay. Uh, in stern. Uh, yeah, uh, and sometimes it's difficult because people don't understand why I'm so you know why I'm so adamant about something. Okay, right. Uh, but it's experience, right? Okay. Um, and seen this happen before. Yeah, so you know, recruiting is one of those things. Okay. Uh, like uh, you know, I just you know we cannot lower the bar. Uh, so I don't care if we standard, will go right. three months without hiring like an engineer. Um, you know, or six months uh, hiring engineers, but I'm not okay hiring somebody who doesn't, you know, meet the bar. Of What's whatever. the bar? Um, it's well, I mean, it, it, it's fluid, right? But it depends on the role and, okay. and, but, and uh, the function. On a general um, term, how would you define that bar? Like, so look, the, the first thing to know is look, the value of your company is the value of the people that you have. Uh, that's really, you know, there's no other way around it. Like, there is no company without people. Uh, and that really what actually defines your success uh, is who you're able to attract and work with. And once you dilute that, uh, it never, it's one of those things that like, you know, it, it, it's literally like dilution. Once you add water into uh, the mix, yep. you're never going to condense it back. Correct. Uh, and there's an old saying, like these are things, things I learned in my first startup, right? Like, yeah. you know, hire, you know, hire slow, fire fast. Right. And, you know, A players being A players, B players being C players. It's really true. So it's like once you kind of let culture slip, yeah. Uh, bringing it back is very, very difficult. Sure. And uh, so the answer is like we are, you know, I, I, there's a few things I look for in the people that I hire, right? Okay. Um, I mean, uh, um, it isn't, there's no, no big secret, but it's just, look, I, I like to work with people who are smart, creative, okay. uh, and are passionate about what we do. It's right. really simple. Uh, and usually I look for telltale signs. Like uh, I look for, like in the resume, did, you know, did it go for, you know, did it go to a great school? Right? Okay. Did they work at a great company? Okay. Um, did they build a great product? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be all three. There's a lot of people who didn't go to college who are like right. awesome. Oh wow! Uh, right? There's a lot of people who haven't had a single job mm-hmm. uh, who are you know who are going to be great for us. Okay. Uh, but usually, if they didn't get a great job, you know, and they didn't go to a great university, probably they have like you know they built like a startup or they've you know they tried they have, something. They have like an open source project they've worked yeah. on. Like they, you know they have that drive right so like my belief is that people have drive you know by the time that you know they're kind of you know like you know they're starting their career right. they've already you know they're already kind of manifested into some 
something yeah. that they have done. There's with, a byproduct of it already, by the way. So I look for those signs, uh, and I, I, you know, I highly bias towards hiring, uh, hiring those people. Awesome. And um, yeah, like you know, like uh, we now have a recruiter, and like when she came on board, like she was, I, I, I'm assuming she must have been like very frustrated for the first like month or two months because <laughs> you know I was like shooting down every single hire that we got yeah. because I'm like, look, I don't. You know, it doesn't matter to me how many yeah. uh, heads we have to fill. Uh, you know, but you have to be very. Able we have to get that. the. You know, we have to get to the quality. And eventually, yeah. the thing is, if you wait, eventually you get to it, right? Absolutely. And, uh, and this uh, is a very refreshing thing because I, I've seen a lot of people again. That's probably why because they just wanted to fill the fucking seats. Unless you know, you have you don't know the people around you. You don't have. What the what that that strong culture that, no, the, that more, the more important thing is they don't know you and if they don't know you they you know like they will not trust you uh, mm-hmm. and they will not walk with you through fire and water and uh, um, you know I I, I I think you know uh, we all like to think we do a perfect job with culture and I think we're very far from that there is like a lot of gaps in our culture as well things that I need to fill you know like people that we've hired over the past year when mm-hmm. I've been busy with M and A and I haven't gotten to know them personally yet yeah uh, like. Those type of things, right? Like uh, that. That you. But at least we were conscious, you know, that that we never feel like we're doing a good job. Right. Uh, at right. least you're still aiming for that that consistency. Exactly. All right. Uh, now let's take another break, and when we come back, it's hustle sharing time, and and let's walk us through the the the, the acquisition and how you scale it. But more of that after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game and again big thank you to sprout solutions liberating your time for what truly matters hey hustlers wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents well i got good news because today's sponsor uno digital bank is here to help you achieve your financial goals You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. 
Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and loans. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back for the final part of the season premiere. I like what I said. If, if you if you made it this far, you know there's a lot of golden nuggets that Ron has already unleashed on us uh, before we did. But Ron, real quick, um, after you, you 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 had the team, how did you scale up, and how did you how did the Gojek thing happen? Because again, this came. I don't know. How do you prepare a startup for potential acquisition, or was that just like a, and how I did? You don't create a startup and say, "Hey, I'm going to get acquired one day." You never know. Right? How was that for you guys? Yeah, look, I think the best preparation is to just build a, you know, build a valuable business, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of, you know, go about your business. Got it. Uh, and then, you know, if it happens, you know, that there's an acquisition, you know, then you weigh that against, you know, uh, continuing to execute. Got it. Um, so I don't think we, we ever aimed for like an exit, but Got rather it. we aimed for, you know, like our objectives, which was, you know, there's a yeah, hundred million, you know, uh, uh, you know, the Filipinos that I want that to that, that, that I want to have you know uh, uh, to be able to serve, right? Okay. Um, and uh, through that, I think we built something that had substance and value, mm-hmm. and therefore you know that created options for us: options in mm-hmm. fundraising, options in uh, liquidity, etc. Um, and then you know we obviously we made some decisions. Um, I think you know the the. the so there's two pieces here, right? It's kind of like, you know, where you direct your business, right? right. What are you aiming for? And the second one is like how you actually grow to get there, right? Correct. So we're going backwards. Right. Uh, but in general, I believe, look, there's, 
two type of ty- types of like scenarios okay. uh, in life you know you get extremely lucky right right and you have like an outlier event like a lot of times like people like you know i don't know they raise with a presentation you know a right. hundred million dollars uh before there's any type of validation right okay. or they get you know something gets acquired like way ab- above value because right. you know like like there's a certain like environment that gets created mm-hmm. um um so you see those happening some of the time, right? Uh, but if you look at the majority of businesses, get acquired on, on substance. Uh, and so substance. me as an entrepreneur, you know, I'm, I've never been much about like a lot of doing a lot of PR, right? Uh, but oh, always you're always low key. Like I've always, you, you're never you walk into. I mean, you walk into it, we feel you, but you're never been that guy to boast. You never even post shit on Facebook, like rarely, okay. right? People just hear about like, oh shit, here Ron did another Ron host move again and whatnot. So it's, it's really amazing. Now, Ron, I have I want to ask. So again, um, you, how did the Jojek thing happen? And here's here's a lot what a, pe- a lot of people ask me. Why did you sell? Like, why did you sell? I mean, for for, for me, I'll, I'll come clean. The reason why I sold is because I came from a loss, right? And that loss was very painful because I did party file for a good seven to eight years, and I felt like, dude, how does it feel to win? Right. I said, okay, I have a good opportunity where I still get to run the company. A lot of the control I still had was there. I still get to do it the same way. I, I wouldn't have this, this type of office if, if, if uh, had I had not sold because my business is B2B and people never pay on time. And I'm always catching tail. I said, you know what? I just wanted to feel, feel how to win. For you, why did you decide to sell? Or what did, why, what did, what did the acquisition... Why, why did you want to do the acquisition? Um, yeah, so I, I think, you know, there's a variety of factors you look at, right? right. Uh, but, um, and I always look at it like in kind of like in, in uh, as CEO, you actually wear a lot of hats, right? Because yes. you're CEO, you're founder, you're a shareholder, and kind of you're basically employee, shareholder, <laughs> and director, right? Yeah. So you have to look at all these, yeah. you know, uh, together, right? Okay. And I think um, uh, the the... You know, and like I said, like when I build a business, I really think about you know like how to improve my operations, right. how to make sure my compliance is good, how to make sure that you know right. our marketing is you know is effective, and you know that, that all our funnels are efficient okay. and those type of things, right? Um, and so, um, when I look at an acquisition, I, I look at it. It's not different for me than a fundraising round, correct? Right. Actually, Absolutely. in fact, we were actually fundraising at the, at the time, right? Same. So, we were just I was raising funds, and then I, okay, acquisition is on the table. Like why the hell not, right? Yeah. So yeah. the the right the only difference is actually that there's you know exchange you know larger exchange of shares, right? Correct. Uh, in ownership. So then the question becomes like looking at it from each one of these perspectives, uh, does it make sense, right? Yes. And Fit. A few things I realized, yeah. like one, you know, we're in a business that is, you know, competitive and getting more competitive uh, with, you know, uh, large players that are coming into the market with like very massive war chests, like, right. you know, like Ali and, and Tencent. Right. Uh, right. So you, I think everybody knows at this point, like Gcash yeah. is basically backed by Ali. Right. Or is, is really Ali. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> mint. That's uh, what they call it. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you have uh, Paymaya that's, you know, heavily backed by, by, by Tencent. Right. Um, and so... You know, it's kind of a quick realization that, you know, like, look, in order to continue building this, um, you know, there's going to, I'm going to need a very heavy balance sheet, 
right? Like not like, you know, not raise like another 20 or 30 million dollars or raise another two, 300 million dollars. Yep. Right? You need a real um, treasure chest because you can't compete with the big boys with a little cute machine gun. Exactly. Right? The second thing is like, look, it's good to have, you know, like synergetic use cases, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, being a telco helps, having transportation arm helps. Right. Like those things are actually help build a business. So I look at it from the business perspective, Okay. right? And I was like, oh, uh, you know, actually, this shareholder might be actually like a more appropriate shareholder because they have, uh, you know, they have, you know, they, they're they, a unicorn. Go check as a unicorn. Come on, they're able to capitalize this business over right. time and you know stay competitive. And as being part of like this larger piece, like actually, you know, I can I can grow the business more, True. right? I can provide more to my customers, etc. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, it made sense, right? Okay. Then I looked at it from the employee perspective, actually, right? Okay. Like or you know, in, in shareholder perspective, right? Right, and um, so I, I believe that there's like there's windows right for this type of things right Got so it. you know we had this window okay. um, which you know would have opened and closed right? Uh, right so if I went and fundraised right uh, and this comes back to like the the, the you know the liquidation preference and the right. you know cap right. table structure and people like you need to understand you have to pay back what you take right? correct so, correct like. Uh, I'd actually we, we'd run the company pretty lean. Uh, we didn't burn that much money. Nice. Um, and so, but for this next stage, we would have needed to raise another hundred, two hundred million dollars. Oh my god! When you raise another hundred, two hundred million dollars, you actually have to pay it back. So now, in order for you know the the you know shareholders and employee shareholders to actually see something back, right? That would have now had to be like a billion dollar exit. Correct. Right? Right. You know. Um, in that window, you know, you don't know if that could open in three years or right. it could not open. And especially right? in, in a very volatile market like crypto, where things can go south real real quick, the same way it did in, in 2018, right? I mean, that though that's not your business model now per se, but there's there's a component of that as well there. Yeah, there's like, there's a lot of pieces that aren't predictable Correct. in the market, right? And a lot of risks, right? So from a shareholder perspective, you know, and and you know, as 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 a CEO, I actually have to represent their interests. I said, look, yes. I think that this is a good time to make sure that my investors actually write a win, mm. uh, because yes, they could make a five times bigger win, right? But it would take you know like another X number of years, right? Correct. Uh, with a good amount of additional risk. Uh, uh, to get there, and then at that scale, like you know, who are your potential potential like partners right. or acquirers? So right? A lot so of question either, marks still. Right. Exactly, and my view is that this industry is going to be, uh, uh, you know, because it's driven by you know so much capital that's flowing in. True. Right? Like, like look, Ali and Tencent are not going to uh, live this as a profitable b- business for the next no. like five years for sure. They're willing. It, this to is going to be a money. burning. <laughs> Thing. but again it's a market share game that's why exactly right uh, so right so there's you know there's rationale in you know the rationale there's rationale in de-risking the shareholders uh, there's rationale in the business itself benefiting from having access to like you Makes know basically this this you know larger <laughs> umbrella um, yeah and then finally I mean I think look I, I you know I, I think it's good sometimes to just like you know uh, uh, um you know, when you're when you're when you're playing, you know, uh, at high stakes, sometimes right. it's good to just like hit the marker and be like, okay, let's write a win. Right. Uh, and you know, there hasn't been that many exits from the Philippines. Amen. Uh, Let me give you a fist bump in that. We no, need the, the, these little wins. So, I mean, a, a lot of what 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 I did, like for example, I totally agree with what you're saying. It's a sure win. You have, you're 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 at a poker table. You have a good loot. And you still get to play and you still get to achieve. Same with Chatbot. I know this is going to be a long game. When we started this out, 2017, 20, what, 2018, 
Nine times out of ten, people don't understand what the fuck a chatbot was. And I know it will take time, especially with AI. You know, you talk to, AI is sexy now, but they don't understand the fucking pain you have to go through just to have a really good AI built. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's yeah. not easy. My God. Right? So, so same. Yeah. So, look, in my head was like, look, you know, if I just go by personal ego, right? Yes. Like, okay, I'll run to, you know, I'll be able to write Unicorn and, right. you know, because I'll raise, you know, raise money at a high valuation, right? But then, yeah. you know, at some point, like, you know, like basically, I'm actually gambling with the face of everybody who's worked with me, right? right. Like, people have worked like so hard for like five years, right? And, mm-hmm. Um, same mentality. You know. <laughs> I have the same thing. I don't want to risk my people's lives where they can have something sure. Where prior to this, every fucking month, I was chasing money just to get payroll. And it was always a photo finish. There's nothing more excruciating than for me. They're like, fuck, am I going to be able to pay back? And then right at five o'clock, I got the money. Like, ah. Oh. It's not I, fun. I, I know exactly what it's like. <laughs> if you haven't gone through the experience it's of, you know, like not. people always talk about this, but if you have not no. gone through the experience of like barely making payroll on uh, the last day before you, uh, you know, you've not, not had the full And you got to do it again experience. two weeks after. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's yeah. nerve wracking. All right, Ron. Now, after acquisition, how is that like? So I'll, I'll shed some light on what friends. Like nothing changed, right? Okay. But a little bit of things change because now I have to report to a structure and as a conglomerate, right? Uh, I, I had to adjust a lot of my ego too because I'm used to being the shot caller, you know, whatever, let's do this. And now there's structure to things. It took me a while to, to get that done. Now it's more smooth. And I, I give credit to our acquire Sterling for that. For you, was there a transition period or did you see this already happening because of the investor background you had? Yeah, you know, I, I think I'm still learning okay. yeah. <laughs> is the truth, right? Because, um, you know, there's, uh, uh, like you said, right, it, it's, it, you know. There's a honeymoon period. Yeah, and yeah. there's some differences between running your sure. own company and basically being part of a, you know, of a larger, you know, a larger right. conglomerate that, right. you know, that sometimes might have, you know, other priorities as well, right? Correct, correct. Um, so um, I think we're learning how to balance that properly. Yes. Uh, it's not easy, bro. I'm still there, but... The, the the worst is behind me now, <laughs> at least. You know, that was, that was, that was crazy. Because uh, I had to like, all right, why is this like this? And there's a lot of whys. Like, why, why? And then you have to really empathize. Like, oh, okay, so that's how corporates work. And that's how, and like, that's their culture. And I, I can't force myself into this and into that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and again, congratulations for getting this done. And I am very excited. Now, let's get to the hustle sharing segment because... For the first time, like what I said, prior to the, the, the season break, a lot of our community members in the Hustle Share community will now have a heads up. And there's two people that I actually wanted to ask uh, for, for you. So the first one is from Blessy Dose. And she asked, how ready is the Philippines when it comes to virtual currencies? Um, I think one of the more ready markets actually globally. I mean, one we are one of the early markets uh, to have a regulator who actually Yeah, BSP has been solid on this one. So, um, so super, you know, super forward thinking regulator. Uh, you're seeing, you know, even FIs like participating, like yep. in a bank, um, in the ecosystem. And the, the most important thing is actually there's look, there's a real problem to solve here, right? right. And so it's not just like technology, you know, chasing you right. know, a problem here. Uh, you know, we can actually like leapfrog right. uh, a lot of things, right? Correct. Um, so I'm still very positive, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I think adoption so far has been very good, right? Uh, and I think there is going to be it's going to this is going to continue to be an exemplary 
uh, uh, market for this technology. Absolutely. Okay, second question came from Andre Marcelo Tanner. I don't know why he asked this, but he, I'm going to go ahead and ask this. Why don't they allow remote work for all their employees, only the ones not living in the Philippines? Is this true or not? Uh, we actually do allow uh, work from home. Oh, okay. Uh, so we have actually, <laughs> so there you go. We, we have, you know, there's a few things. So, you know, I discovered our culture is like kind of a mix of like, you know, uh, Philippines and Silicon Valley. Ah, uh, hybrid. Hybrid, yeah. And so we take the we try to take the good things from both sides, okay. right? So and I think there's a lot of stuff that we really like in, in you know in in the culture here. Okay. Uh, you know, like it's just very social, very super. You know, a uh, uh, very group and and and, and team oriented versus like right. individualistic and very resilient to us as people. Very resilient, like just you know, I really enjoy working here. Thank uh, you. Like, I, and I, uh, we're on behalf of the Filipino founders and the startup because you're a big, big inspiration because you can, you I mean, it's hard to look for local winners per se that we can, people can emulate. And so I, it, I, I here would represent the whole ecosystem saying. Thank you, because we're learning a lot from you. You know, I was on a panel last week. Uh, yeah, in Singapore, uh, right? In Singapore, yeah. yeah. And um, um, and then it kind of like on the panel, it kind of like triggered in my head. It's like it's not true. Like the, the, there's actually a lot of success stories here. They're just like not told because in general, like the the nature of you know of the Philippines, the people are very humble, and they don't go around and brag that much. Like you know, like there's just like there's. You know, there's like Filipino founders in like care.com. There's like, there's a bunch of different right. really successful people that are quiet in what they're doing that we don't think about. Like My Task God. Us, which, wow. you know, I think just raised on half a billion dollar valuation. Right. Uh, you have, uh, you know, YouTube celebrities are doing like... Yeah, uh, like, like millions of fucking dollars. And yeah, like incredible I mean, stuff. And we just right. are not that vocal about it. So that's one thing. And the second thing I, I realized is actually if you go through every major tech company, there's Filipino uh, in there. There are Filipinos there in senior positions all over the world, right? Like they're they're actually like you know. I gotta get them all on hustle share, bro. <laughs> no, no, it's it's true though, right? Yeah. And we kind of forget about it uh, about like how big of an involvement like the Philippines has right. in technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just waiting one day everybody comes back here, yeah. uh, and decides to like you know bring that knowledge back. But the the knowledge is already in the network, uh, right? Um, I think what's missing so, also is the community part. We're we're still very siloed. For some reason, no. For some reason, I don't know why. And we just don't want to reach out and whatnot. And, and, or if we, there is, it's not enough to really push things forward. That we don't go out of our way. We catch up. Hi, hello, whatever. We don't go out of our way to fucking help each other, somebody. Else. I don't know if that's true, but again, that's just me. You know, I think we're still we're just still early days. Yeah. Uh, you know, and yes, you know, you, you can look to the left and be like, you know, okay, Indonesia is growing faster, bigger unicorns, blah right. blah blah. But you know, none of them have exited yet, so we don't actually know, you know, what that really means. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes like look at the central bank in the Philippines. Right. You know, uh, they are. Uh, you know, they're. Uh, um, they're careful in how they drive the economy. Yes. There's no big like, oh, you know, like no, no gambles. Big, no big gambles, no big swings. Right. Um, and so, you know, let's just see what happens in the long run. Right. Uh, right. That's my, you know, that's my, you know, that's my take on this. Let's just see what happens in the long run. Um, and the other day, like when you compete, okay. you don't look to the sides, you run your pace. Uh, so that's, that's, that's that. Um, yeah. So run your own race. Don't, don't look right and left, and then, then you yeah. all, all of a sudden you have a pity party. We have a really good set of cards here, right? Um, yeah. So, 
on the work for home stuff, right? Uh, right. In, in general, our, our, how we set up our culture is okay. that you know it's all performance oriented. So nice. we actually have unlimited vacation days, right. uh, like all those things, right? And mm. uh, but it's tight. Look, if you're not going to show up to work for the next like four weeks, okay. you're probably not going to perform, especially if Absolutely. you're, you know, like, <laughs> don't, be, don't be messaging me. I'm on Bali and Semenyak right now, right? Yeah, then uh, yeah. that's an issue, right? Or if yeah. you're, you know, if you're in, you know, operations and you need to be there, you know, like. <laughs> yes. You know, dealing with a, a bank or whatever it is, then then you have to be where you have to be, right? The, um, so that's that's really how we we gear it. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, in terms of performance, you mentioned performance. You can't measure performance without metrics. What are those metrics that you care most about? Yeah, that actually ties back to your earlier question, which is how we grow. Okay. Uh, and you know, that's the thing is people always like I think not always, but a lot of people think that growth is just like a you know, it's a curve yeah, up, but yeah. it's not. It's like a zigzag going up. <laughs> Correct. Of like many, Sometimes many, many, many experiments. Like and the, a Richter scale actually, right? Yeah. So the two things that I think drive like good growth for companies that I found is like one, very fast experimentation. Like okay. basically look, if you're gonna try stuff every you know uh, you know, every day. Like yeah. something new, like change a campaign or you right. know toggle, right? Uh, then you get like 365 like you know Tries. inflection points, right. you know in a in a year. If you're taking two weeks to, that's you know to try something, twenty something, that's twenty right. something, right? right? And that is actually the thing that changes the the direction of your curve, right? And the 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 thing that needs to be coupled with that is basically obsessive measurement of right. actually how the experiments you're doing are are you know are driving because. You cannot do this subjectively. This has to be data driven. So we measure everything, every single thing that happens on the app. Uh, what are those things that they, you care most about? Because at the end of the day, there, there's a lot of things they can measure. But when when shit hits the fan, what's the what are those metrics? I mean, it's really do? simple. I mean, I, I care about the number of transactions. Uh, okay. Basically, how many you know, like uh, our number of you know active transacting users. Got it. Um, right. Uh, like those are kind of you know and. Right. and those are the you know, and, and usually I look a lot at customer retention. Right? Uh, Th- those things are really important to me churn because is your, it's your biggest enemy. Look, it's right? really you know, it's really easy to ignore those, right? Yeah. And it's really easy to like you know, come up with metrics that give you like a nicer picture, right? Right. Our metrics have always been like you know, probably like if you look at another company, they would have you know, like maybe they like look at like PayPal's like. Uh, 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 like uh, uh, annual filings, right? Right, right. And their definition of like an active customer is somebody who transacted in the last like 12 months, right? Mm-hmm. Um, us, we have a much narrower definition, so my numbers look a lot smaller, right. but it doesn't matter because what matters is not the absolute number. What matters is the directionality. Am, am I ah. making decisions that are actually driving my curve up steeper and steeper? Got it. Right, that's the... Hockey stick. Like that's that the key yeah. insight, right? Like how is in, in the more fluff that there is in the numbers, the more you're actually driving the wrong things, right? Like right. if you're driving, if you're optimizing for signups for your product, right? Right. Then, uh, you know, like all your team is going to be building like great landing pages right. and then, and, 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 and then... you're going to lose them overnight. But maybe, you know, maybe your customers are signing up and they're not actually taking any actions. So, that was the death knell for party file. We were good at acquiring... But we were always one night stands. Nobody stayed. But so that's uh, the that's the problem. And it's easy to kind of you know like cling to the metrics that look good, right? Uh, right, <laughs> because it but makes it like you make you more comfortable deeper, as an entrepreneur. Right? Yeah. Uh, but you have to like to, I think to be successful, right? Uh, you have to actually accept everything that's messed up. Yeah. Uh, and constantly you know be fixing, and that's you know like if. You work with me, that's one thing you'll know, like every single day, like, you know, my mind is almost like, I never think that I'm successful. 
never like even now when you ask me like oh acquisition i don't feel like i'm successful yeah. i feel like oh i could have done this better i could have yeah. done that's this a better. win yeah a win that's a win what no i know everybody about, says right? it's a win yeah but you know uh i'm like okay well okay, what's we, next right we, we, you know like what can we do better right, right. like and that's the, that obsession with like finding the faults right uh in your business is what actually makes you strong and resilient Absolutely. Uh, and being able to like acknowledge them and discuss them and bring them up right uh so yeah <laughs> i'm getting so many tidbits of good stuff i already know okay but me, before we get too carried away i have to ask so what do you think so you've seen so many startups as a founder and whatnot you mentioned earlier that you know there's there's certain traits that you see for someone to be a successful entrepreneur whether they're there already or just they're just starting what are those traits do you think that, that make a successful entrepreneur yeah, I think there's a lot, right? Okay. It's kind of like you, you really need to have where, you know, like it's it's a multidimensional role, right? Right, right. Um, but, you know, I, I think one thing that I've seen across, like, and especially in our portfolio, right. uh, that that I see with, you know, with many of the successful entrepreneurs uh, is actually persistence. Um, like, of course, you need to be smart. Of course, you need to make good decisions. Of course, you need to hire good people. You need to, like, you know, be able to hustle or to raise money, all those things. Right. But, uh, the the one uniform thing that I've always like seen and respected is persistence because I've seen so many stories where you see people get like you know like you said like almost run out of money uh, like really bad stuff happen right build a product no one's using the product right uh, the persistent ones don't give up and they pivot and pivot and pivot and until they get it until they get it exactly and like some of them like you can look at companies like. You know, like similar web that have been, you know, like a few years, like completely quiet, no growth, nothing. And then it kind boom. of boom, hit up because they've, you know, they've F- finally figured they it out. They found the formula, they made the, you know, the, the um, you know, the, the expectation, it's a straight road up from day one. That's true for like very few companies. Right. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of times those companies are the ones that get the most, like, you know, right. like that's the stories that people want to look at. But those are not the biggest businesses, man. Come on, biggest businesses are like you know people are like you know manufacturing like cement. Yes, and, uh, old know, rich people, right? Yeah, old old and new, right? Uh, you know, no hype, yes. uh, no so, noise. The, yeah, but they're they're uh, the ones who are the top one percent of whatever. Exactly. Right. So you have to kind of like you know like sometimes you know ignore the ignore your facebook feed for a little bit oh. and ignore the the rosy picture that you see that yeah. everything is Don't up buy everything the is great everything because yeah. everybody has to tell that story but when you go inside you know uh yeah. it's there's, there's usually a, it's usually fires and problems and people you know, <laughs> people, right. you know they you know <laughs> that's what it is right? right and uh i think i think that's why the successful entrepreneur uh they're persistent Absolutely. Okay. Now, Ron, I have a question in terms of fundraising. You've done this so many times, both from both sides, and which is very, very impressive uh, as an entrepreneur and whatnot. And you're one of those few startups here, probably the only startup that's still alive and kicking now, that's got invested on by Kickstart and uh, IdeaSway. That's why they're both celebrating when they were <laughs> you guys like, oh, finally, they're co-celebrating something, right? But what are your tips for fundraising here in the Philippines, because of course we can always talk about fundraising abroad, but it's specifically a little bit harder if you do it here. What would be those tips for for those people that want to fundraise here? Sure, and I'll qualify this advice for fundraising for tech startups. Okay, uh, because there's all sorts of businesses. Yeah, yeah. for tech for for the tech startups. Right? Yeah, but for tech startups, I, I think the most important thing when you raise money, right, 
is who you raise it from. Um, and um, you, you want to, it, it makes a significant difference. I mean, the, your investors are a part of your team. Yeah. Uh, how they treat you. It's worse than a would, marriage. Yeah. Right. Like, look, uh, I'll give you an example, a really great example. Uh, um, you know, uh, Kickstart is invested right. in us, Annette? right? I mean, that, you know, I have had her on the show here earlier season one. I think we had great things to say. Right. Um, but, you know, at some point, you know, GCAS started kind of like running for it, right? So they're, right. you know, they're a competitor. Right. Um, and, you know, that could be a real problem. Like one of your investors already, you know, all of a sudden, you know, involved, you know, with yeah. a competing business, right? Right. Um, yeah, Kickstart happens to have, you know, have had with us has had like really strong ethics with how they worked. And they knew actually when, when that happened, they kind of, you know, they didn't push us hard on getting, you know, specific pieces of data because right. they, they understood where it was sensitive. Right. Uh, and they treated us really well. Um, Absolutely. And I, know, but, I don't know any better people. Again, I'm not biased. But I've experienced this myself. Even through the bad times, Minette was probably the most crucial and the most honest with me. And I appreciated that. If you want to know what, what I'm talking about, listen to the Binet episode earlier in season one. So my, my point is, you know, this is an example. I mean, I've had phenomenal experience with, you know, with idea space as well. So it's yes. not a, a contrast between no, the no, two. No, no, no. Right? But just a, it's an anecdote story um, that um, that could have gone completely differently. And I'm like, I really appreciate how it went because imagine... You know, you wake up one day and one of your investors, you know, is now tied to like a competing business, right. and they're like, "Oh, please give us all your, you know, oh, all your numbers." Man. Right. Right. Um, that that could have gone completely differently. And right. so, who you have around the table is important. critical because when things, you know, start like it's never going to go smooth, mm. and when things are bumpy, like those investors are going to react in certain ways. Like we had, right. you know, I have another investor. Uh, uh, Paul Santos of Wavemaker. Oh, right, um, Wavemaker, right. Yeah, we were, before the Series A, uh, so our business is very heavy on working capital because we have right. to leave funds with, you know, with... Uh, uh, yeah, I remember, I think I caught you in the airport at one time we were going through the same flight. It was like, hey, what are you doing here in Singapore? And like, oh yeah, the Wavemaker lunch you had you had and whatnot, All right? So, uh, um, you know, we were, before we raised our Series A, right. you know, we were, uh, we still had cash. We had a few million dollars in, in, okay. in, in capital because we're also like, you know, uh, you know, we had a yeah, yeah. revenue and all those things, but we needed working capital for our partners. Uh. Um, and so we got really, really tight for a certain window of time. Okay. Uh, and, you know, some investors, if you're in the wrong position at that point, would be like, okay, uh, this out. <laughs> this is a time to twist your hand and like right. you know renegotiate the terms uh right yeah. but you know instead like we got an umbrella right it's like oh wow. you need to bridge to the next round okay i'll write a check uh today right wow like, so that i gotta yeah. have them on the show paul or eric maluda you so have I gotta to have paul on the show for sure yeah. he's amazing he's filipino also yeah so, yeah right but, well, maybe when i go back to singapore um, i'll get him back you know he's, yeah. he's if you can get you know, if you can get him on your, you know, as an investor, that's... Yeah, no, Wavemaker, again, yeah. this, this, this group, um, and again, from a Filipino standpoint, they're also a win for the ecosystem because there's not too many of them in that field. Wavemaker right. is, you know, would be a good VC in any country. Uh, yeah. They're just, you know, they're phenomenal. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, um, what I was going to say is like those things make a difference, right? And like that, you know, like Paul has long, you know, long eyesight. Right, it's not like oh, let me make another one percent today. It's like oh, let me invest in businesses that are gonna grow and like. But I'm not gonna 
make this grow by twisting it, you know, to get a little bit more today. Right. I'm going to make it grow by helping it and Correct. helping it flower and, and become big. And so that requires a certain maturity. And right. so you want to seek out those investors that can mm. help you. So that's one way, right? The other right. thing is obviously, you know, strategics, uh, right? Investors that can, you know, have like, you know, like synergetic yeah. uh, 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 aspects of their business, et okay. cetera. All right. Sounds good. Now, last few questions, Ryan. Um, what's your advice for Filipino founders coming from you, what you've known now? Because sometimes, I mean, we're missing something. I don't know what it is uh, because I'm probably in the trenches too. So I, I've, I've been fortunate to be blessed by a lot of people's knowledge through the show. But I'm pretty sure I'm still heavily biased from a Filipino founder's point of view. From your point of view, what's, what's your advice for people here in the ecosystem for us to push forward in the right direction? Mm. So I, I, I think there's a few things, right? Okay. Uh, I don't think Filipino entrepreneurs are lacking anything. I think Philippines is lacking tech entrepreneurs. Tech, uh, and I think by the way, there's a lot of entrepreneurs in this country. If I can right, entrepreneurs, just like yeah. not as many in tech. Correct. Um, and like I said, I think actually a lot of the, that talent, unfortunately, you know, is outside of here. So it's yes. not that it's not it's not like there are no strong you know it's not strong talent. It's just they're you know they're, they're out somewhere. Right. Uh, so that's one thing. Right. We need to find ways to encourage them to come back and sing success stories, etc. Is, is one way to do right. it. Um, the second thing I think you know there is there is you know the, the, within the ecosystem here, um, you know we still lack experience, yes. um, and you know that's experience is gain. No one starts with experience. Like you yep. know, like everybody starts at some point. I started out of college. I knew nothing. I didn't even know what like you know right. common and preferred shares. <laughs> when I started my first company that got funded, right. I still didn't really know the difference between those two. Oh right? wow! Um, like yeah. right? Like like you know like the 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 um, no one you know like no one starts from like the end. Right. Right. But one step at a time. Yeah, but what, what's really helpful, what makes an ecosystem is having a lot of people with experience yes. uh, together. They can kind of, because then it kind of feeds off and more people gain quickly, right? Yeah, like, paid uh, forward. Don't, don't be a fucking island and now oh, I made it here. No, right? You have to help the next generation. Right. That's for sure. And I think that, that piece actually, like the more concentration of like strong entrepreneurs we get here, right? The more that knowledge is actually going to sip through. Right, and hopefully like, that's what this podcast does. And like what I said, again, this is I'm doing this out of my own personal time and whatnot. But I felt like after the acquisition of Chatbot, I feel like, okay, maybe I can share some a thing or two and invite people that have been there and done that as well to share their story that, hey, you know what? You can do it too. If you're listening to this right now, you can do it too. You can, by the way. I mean, look, you will suffer a little bit. Right. Uh, it'll be like up and, ups and downs. But like at the end of the day, like nothing really differentiates Correct. myself from like most other people. Other than the fact that I tried, persist and persisted. Yeah, exactly. That's like the, the like when I started, I knew nothing and I was doing really stupid stuff all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> we laugh about it now because we we we've, yeah. we, we've known so much. Actually, I but, still do but, stupid stuff and yeah. I'm still learning. But right. the, the, that's my point. Is like, look the the um, you know just you get moving and yeah. you know and, and and you progress. Okay. Last question, Ron. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, you can remember, or what? If not the best advice, what's the best lesson you've 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 learned through all these years? Did you just stick it out? Like, all right, this this is some this sticks out the most more than anything. 
have to think about that. No problem. It's it's a lot, you know. Yeah. I always believe it's you know everything is just like a it's a, like a, a um, it's a collage of different things, Correct. not like one piece, right? right. It's a mosaic, uh, if you want to. Mosaic, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's the word it was. A lot of for. tiles that, that that come through together, but um, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I'm still a big believer in you know one. You know, speed is an advantage, so always, you know, always be conscious of your time. Uh, right? Don't waste it, right? Yeah, Don't move, dig around. Move as fast yeah. as you can, iterate, like, always right. be mindful with everything you do, like, how much time is gone, you know, finish. Especially in thing. tech, by the way. Right. Especially in tech, uh, especially in this market, because it's moving faster and faster. The iterations. Super. Um, you want to be the pace setter. You don't want to be the one catching tail as much as you can. Yeah, so, you know, uh, you know speed is, is critical. Um, and... Yeah, and you know, in in uh, uh, I think the other thing you know is um, accept that you know failure is a part of success. Yes. And what makes you successful is basically is how you handle and recover from you know from failure. Like you know, we mess up all the time. Like there's so many things I've done wrong. Right. You know, or, like just with this business, so many things. And I'm like right. looking back, and sometimes you know right away. Like you know, you, you deal with a person the wrong way, and you're like shit, I messed up. Right. Uh, you know, uh, you, you figure out like the same day and, you know, just recovering from that, right. uh, you know, and being humble. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Is important. You know, Absolutely. Like, you know, knowing that you, you know, knowing that at the end of the day, is, you know, you can try really hard, but we all suck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to try again. That's, just no, try don't again. stop. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, again, thank you very much, Ron. Oh my God. This has been probably, again, no, no. I'm not trying to, you know, fluff it out here, but this is an amazing, amazing episode. I think I couldn't think of a better season premiere for, for season you. two on this one. Also on video. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you can check it out. But Ron, lastly, what do what can they expect for coins.ph from this point on? Um yeah, I mean, so, you know, we're still on the same mission, right? Uh, which is to grow uh, and provide services yeah, to big partner people. now too, right? Uh, yeah, we just launched with Western Union and yeah. uh, we have Gojek as a massive partner. Awesome. Uh, there's a few other partnerships we'll be announcing this year that I'm quite excited about. So stay tuned. Um, yeah, just so, getting started. You know, our mission, our mission is the same, uh, right. you know. Uh, <laughs> and best of luck because we're all rooting for you because we all know that this is eventually just gonna help the country because this homegrown which is the beauty of it you know it's a hybrid of what you built uh, built you brought from 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 your experiences abroad but also uh, has a lot of uh, a lot of what we have here in the Philippines ingrained into it okay yeah, guys the, again the, the, if, yeah. I will say one thing right the, the yeah. big the big lesson from this right is exactly this is uh, like this is possible and there is nothing special about me there's there really is nothing like people who work around with me day to day will tell you there's like nothing special with me anybody could have done this I had some advantage because of experience uh, but uh, you know we're gonna see bigger and brighter exits from this country I'm sure absolutely again thank you very much Ryan and if you guys like this episode please don't forget to follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening on to this if you're on YouTube please don't forget to like comment and subscribe so that on the next episode uh, just like what you did drop just this amazing episode on this one Ron thank you very much and again if you like want to want to ask questions on the next episode we're gonna have please join us in the Hustle Share community because we give so much info on what we are gonna have been done on that on that group 
And lastly, please don't forget to message us on our chatbot on m.me slash share powered by chatbot V8. Again, thank you very much, Ron. Appreciate it. I hope you had a great time. All right. And again, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.